The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination podcast, hosted by President of Applied Vision Works, Don Hadley. An in-depth look at the four pillars of sustainable success. This is Don Hadley with Applied Vision Works, and we're here with our podcast, Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination. Our guest today is Stephen Long of GSM Services. He and I have known each other. Uh, neither one of us is completely sure, but somewhere between 16 and 20 years. And one of the reasons I wanted to have him on the podcast is I look at not just the business journey, the growth they've had as an organization, but also his personal journey has been very incredible. He's impacted a lot of people, and I think some of the best businesses family businesses bring value to employees, the culture, the community, not just on a business or production or results basis, but they also do it in terms of the spiritual, mental, emotional growth of the people around them. And he's been one of the people that has intentionally cultivated that very powerfully. The theme of what we want to talk about today, the title of the podcast is Turning Culture into TGIM. In fact, the first person I heard TGI from was Stephen, and that stands for Thank God It's Monday. So Stephen, could you just tell us a little bit about culture, a little bit about this TGIM concept? Well, I think um, our current society focuses so much on you know, TGIF, right? That's what you hear all the time is Thank God yeah. It's Friday, and most people work to get to Friday and whatever the weekend might bring. So culture is, is for us, is about everything that's going on. So uh, the behavior how we interact with people, how we interact with our, our team members, the values, the beliefs, the standards that you have in your business, in your life. And, you know, wouldn't it be great that on Sunday evening that everybody that's is, is can't, I cannot wait to get to the office tomorrow <laughs> uh, because it's so exciting and so much fun. So, you know, I might be um, exaggerating a little bit there, but th- that is the culture that we would like to have and, and, and strive to have at our company that everybody is looking forward to uh, getting there uh, on uh, Monday mornings. You know, when you say uh, uh, it might be exaggeration, for everybody 100% to be there might be, but I find it interesting when I walk into your organization is I do believe there's a percentage of people there that continues to grow that does look forward to it. They look forward to the challenge, the chance to learn, to be kind of with their second family. So when I heard what you said, though, for our listeners, you know, when I hear the word culture and behaviors and values, that sounds kind of fuzzy to me. What does culture look like? What gives it shape? How do we recognize it as something that's more tangible, not as just this fuzzy thing floating around kind of over there? It sounds almost like a feeling. Well, part of it is a feeling probably, but I think to have a culture that you can um, measure and focus on, you have to have core values, you have to have beliefs, you have to have standards. At our company, we, we literally have a list of 20 core values that we share. And, and it's one of the first things a uh, new team member see is our, our list of core values. They're giving it they're, they're given that list at, at orientation. So it's kind of uh, not necessarily what we try to accomplish uh, every day, but it is how we hope to go about our business every day. We want to, that's, that's the guidelines for how we interact with each other, how we interact with our customers. And, you know, I like the, the phrase you use. I think it's not just a bunch of uh, a vague, vague concepts. It's actually something that, that we teach and talk about and we start meetings with our core values. And if you don't have that, I mean, how do you 
how do you monitor the behaviors and how do you know whether the behaviors are part of what you're trying to accomplish? Otherwise, it's just um, where are you going and what are you doing and can kind of get off track. Well, f- for clarity, just what's a core value that you particularly like or speaks to you at the moment? Just an example. Um, one of my favorites is uh, do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. Okay. You know, of course, we're in the construction industry, so that one really is one that, generally speaking, our industry is not very good at. We have some issue with over over-promising and, and under-delivering, and so um, that is a big one. So if you tell somebody this is what you're going to do, I don't want to oversimplify it, but just do it, right? I mean, and that's something that we, we talk about constantly. In fact, we get work all the time because we're the only ones who do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. That's great. I, I know you have mentioned, I've heard you talk when you're talking with your people, you've talked a lot about loyalty. It's about teams being loyal, not just to one person or one area. Could you share kind of that concept of loyalty and how it relates to understanding culture, recognizing the shape of it? Well, to have a successful culture or be able to mold a, a, a culture in a, the direction that you want to go, yeah, loyalty within the teams is extremely important. So what we mean by that is first you got to be loyal to themselves, to each other on that team. But it's also you know, you got to be loyal individually. So what are you doing to help get those team teams and the individuals on their teams to uh, develop and learn and um, try to get to that ne- next level, so to speak? You know, within our company, when there's seven divisions, then you've got other other teams within in that. So there has to be some level of awareness and loyalty to those other teams and making sure that one team's not doing something that's detrimental uh, or going to affect negatively long-term, you know, another team. And then on top of that, when you have seven divisions or different groups, you got to have awareness of being loyal to the company as a whole, because then you've got that bigger culture, right? And so that's kind of uh, where, where you have to to go to, and you kind of the you've got these core values create this vision and these values that you have to always be focused on, because that's really what the culture is about. If you can't if you can't stay focused on those those vision and values and the culture goes all kinds of directions, right? You um, know, with these seven divisions, though, it sounds really complicated and difficult. How do you do that without making it overly complex or making it a bureaucracy? Or how, how do you make sure that runs well? Because that's, you know, you're one guy, you're one of two owners, you know, two owners managing this beast you've got of a lot of people doing a lot of things in seven divisions. How do you have order to it, but also have the order go somewhere? That's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, first of all, you have to understand the culture you're trying to mold in and you have a culture already, you know, if you, if you, and sometimes the owner and team leaders are, are involved and, and can make that and can really mold that culture, but you have to live it. If you're, if you're on the top rung of that ladder, so to speak, you, uh, you have to live the culture that you're trying to mold every day. You can't just pick and choose when or where, because if you're not living it, you cannot expect anyone else in the company to, to live up to those core values and those standards and that culture you're trying to build. So you got to get your own house in order first related to that culture or you're you're never going to see anybody else in the company or organization or group that you're involved with live up to that culture. One of the things I know when I come to visit with you is I'm always thinking about this GSM 2027 vision. What role does that have to play? Do you mind sharing that or is that kind of one of these secrets you're not willing to kind of let out of the bag at the moment? Well, I can tell you, Don, but I have to kill you afterwards. (laughs) Um, You know, I think um, if you're not, our experience is if you're not trying to, to grow and do other things, then you can, you can get stagnant and lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish. Now, you know, I think when you say the word growth, that can go in so many different directions. I don't mean 
we don't mean growth for just the sake of growth, but if you don't have some kind of pathway, some type of goal, some type of vision, culture and leadership is a lot about vision and where you're headed, then how do you know if what you're doing daily? How do you know the, the, the ways you're trying to accelerate and improve the individuals, the teams, the company? If you don't have some kind of uh, a vision for that, and that's what we try to accomplish with our, our 2027 vision, which will be our 100th year uh, anniversary of our company. So that was kind of an easy, day, easy date for us to, to focus on. So That's um, impressive, by the way. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, my brother was there at the beginning, but luckily I haven't. I'm just, I just came on a few years ago. Um, <laughs> so, so, I can't, so without that vision and, and some, there's not really a destination because mm-hmm. um, you, you're never really going to get to some destination and, and, and say you've arrived, right? That's a, that's a scary um, and dangerous concept as well. But uh, without some type for us, without some type of vision, looking out five, ten years down the road, and then so you have to ask yourself those daily questions is the action I'm taking today, the decision I'm making today, how is it going to impact that 2027? Is it in line with those those goals and, and vision that we have uh, for 2027? And, and if you can answer that question in affirmative, well, it's probably something you should do. If you can't answer that in the affirmative, then you know, maybe it's something you need to, to reevaluate if that's the, the right thing that you're doing. Sometimes short-term feels right, but you got to make sure that it aligns with the long-term as well. So, you know, we're talking about, thank God it's Monday, and this is what we're trying to get in people. Do you have any examples, maybe an example of somebody that just didn't get it? They weren't aligned with that concept. Work was a drudgery and what happened, but also maybe an example of kind of where you've seen that bear out and it had value, not just to the individual, but to everybody interacting. Sure. Unfortunately, yeah, we're, you know, like like most companies, we've had, um, we, we, I can come up with several examples of when somebody just didn't fit into the culture. One recent one would be um, in our residential division, which is my area of uh, responsibility. We've had a salesman within the past few years who just could not get the concept of how the core values tie into a sales call. It, hmm. it, it, it um, you know, we look at a sales call as, as, as how can we help advise that customer to make a good decision? You know, that's okay. really what our ultimate goal is. And if a salesman is in a mode where uh, it's about my commission, it's about the simplest, the easiest, the quickest fix for that customer, then that's just a long term, that's just not going to fly at, at GSM. So you know, one of our core values is do no harm. Nice. And we found him in more situations than one, only focusing on the short term solution and the, the, the short term money, as opposed to you know, how are we going to get and keep that customer for, for the long term. And so if you have a good culture, that person eventually will just push himself out. Um, but occasionally in this specific example, you know, uh, our leadership had to make had to make a change and uh, just simply because he he was damaging our our culture and what we were trying to accomplish. I love how you're tying the value, the concept to behavior and then using that actually in the real world because y'all hear a lot of times a lot of talk about one of those three but not all three brought together, and that's something I've seen consistently. What's an example where you've seen this go really well, and what kind of what's happened? What's the somebody with a trajectory of they get it? Yeah, I think uh, luckily for our country, we've got probably more examples of that than, than what we just uh, talked about. One very specific for me is a, 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 a gentleman who I hired. Uh, I set, He sat across from me from my desk the week after he graduated high school. Wow. Um, God, I don't know what year that was, 1999 maybe. <laughs> um, so, and, and he is now a commercial project manager, uh, but he started out as what we would call an apprentice in our residential division. And to, to talk about the core value and how he gets it, you don't, you know, he's a self-taught uh, individual who has just, the, for me, the prototypical individual that we want to have because he came in with an open mind 
and specifically to our culture and core values, we're big on, you know, we don't, we, we're big on opportunities and we're big on helping uh, individuals grow and learn and uh, get to that next level somehow. And he had an opportunity actually to do something bigger and better in his mind with another company. Interesting. And as, as you know, that's one of the situations where, man, I, you know, do I really want to talk the, uh, talk the talk, right? And so we have to walk the walk. So when we talk about help, helping individuals make, uh, take advantage of opportunities, we talked about it. He went to another company within a month. Wow. He was calling me because of the culture. Wow. He went to another company and discovered that that culture was not the culture that he was experiencing at GSM. Sounds and, like he uh, wasn't looking forward to Mondays in that company. He was not. <laughs> and, and so that was an example of where us living up to our core values, allowing someone else to have, not allowing, of course, anybody can take their, an opportunity somewhere else, but we were not going to hold him back if that's something that he believed in. Well, he has come back to the company within two months. He was back and on an even better trajectory because he had discovered that culture is important as anything and, and his comfort level. And that put him on a trajectory to be a residential project manager. And then just in the last uh, year, he's moved on to be a commercial project manager and is thriving. And I think that experience elsewhere really helped solidify his belief in our, our core values and, and what we're trying to accomplish on a, on a daily basis. Well, at the risk of sounding like a mutual admiration society, that's very self-aware and mature, not just to you, but everybody around you and your entire culture is, is living like that. That's that's really great. What, what's been the wake that this guy has left behind him? You know, we talked about kind of his trajectory up and out and then back in, but what has he left behind in his wake? What's been the legacy? You know, if the world ended today, what would you say, hey, this is what guy this, this guy has caused elsewhere in his life, in the business, in other divisions he's not in anymore? Gosh, I would say first and foremost, look what you can accomplish. Look what, now I, I would give GSM a little bit of credit for given the opportunity, but he absolutely has taken those opportunities, right? If you think about over a 20-year period, someone coming out of high school with no post-high school education, mm-hmm. and then here 20 years later, he is running commercial crews. That's a significant... Huge um, impact. That's a significant impact and, and an example where that we can point to, that he can point to from we have, we're, we're hiring these young uh, kids... Of course, I call them kids now, right? Cause Uh-oh. Should I ask uh, how old you are? No. No. Um, <laughs> so, but that's a great example to show these young, younger individuals, look what you can accomplish. And without, without having to go to college, without having to, to do this, but when I say self-taught, it's more for him. I think it's more about him just deciding I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. You know, he has. He's also just this past few, this past August, sent his son to college, and I like to think that his ability and his willpower to go do what he's done is a, is a big part of that. And he's got another son that's in high school now, and and he's probably going to have the same opportunity if that's what he wants to do. And if he had decided I can't do this and was still an apprentice, then you know those opportunities for him and his family and set an example for the rest of our teams. You know. Would have happened. You know, one of the themes I'm hearing from you is taking advantage of opportunities. You know, the company needs to provide it, but it also takes a person to step up to it. <clears throat> and in stepping up to it, I find a lot of times there's risk to it. They haven't done it before. Can they do it? Will they like it? There's a whole lot of elements to that. And so it seems like that's one of the factors in your culture is you're trying to build people that are willing to take some sort of controlled risk to try and go to that next level, not just as individuals, but as a team, as an organization. Because you didn't have all seven divisions five, six, seven years ago, did you? That's correct. Yeah, we so did you, not. 
added what two divisions the last five six years a little um we've added one in the last five or six years and one was just a few years before that that's correct okay interesting you know as we talk about this thank god it's monday concept but it's also about a reality because people have feelings i woke up this morning i want to go to work or i didn't there's not much in the middle usually in fact actually if it's in the middle it's usually a little bit dangerous in my opinion but how do you know a culture's reached a point of hey thank god it's monday because i don't know that you'll get it with 100 percent of the people striving for that I think is great, but you know, how do you know when you've reached that point? Well, I think ideally you're correct. We'd like we'd, we'd love to be 100. percent Everybody, but we're not talking about everybody running around seeing Kumbaya, you know, every day. Every day is not Disney World, even though that would be great. So I think for us, and what I've witnessed in the past 25 years is a simple concept is where you have a culture and divisions where the teams are. The phrase I like to use is self-policing. Interesting. Okay, so what I mean by that is we have these core values and these standards that we're trying to live up to, and in the in the in the culture that we're trying to to strive for, the teams themselves are doing the self policing. Myself or my uh, my, my partner, my brother, who's the the other owner of our company, or even the the top team leaders are not having to get involved to hold the teams accountable. So something's going on, another team member uh, at the same level or even a lower level as far as the hierarchy goes is, is getting involved in pulling their, their team members back on the, the path, so to speak, uh, and, and, and staying and holding true to those core values and standards, whether it's behavior, quality work, or whatever the case may be. So uh, if you can get to that point, you've, you've accomplished something within a culture when, uh, yeah, I'm not having to run around and uh, be sure that every little thing is going according to you know, the culture and standards. And, and I mean, I don't know that we have that across the entire company, but I know of individual divisions that for, are, are, are for sure doing that on a relatively consistent basis. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I, I about a year ago, I pulled in your parking lot. And like usual, I'm on the phone, I'm busy, a lot going on. I pull in your parking lot, pull in a parking space, and one of your people comes over and knocks on the window. And so I finished up the phone call, rolled the window down. He says, hey, need to make you aware of something. I said, oh, what's kind of the deal? And he says, I need you to pull back out and you can park in the spot, but I want you to back into it. And I've noticed y'all back in and I wasn't really super aware and I'm not in the business construction like you are. And he said, well, it's for safety. You need the back end. So when you pull out, there's no risk of you running someone over, hitting someone, whatever. And it was absolutely fantastic. So then I get out of the vehicle and he says, let me help you with your stuff to take it in. So I get out and I'm wearing jeans. And he says, by the way, just so you know, is you may get in trouble when you go in there because black slacks is really what you're supposed to be wearing. That's part of the uniform for the company. So ever since that day, I've always backed in and always wear black slacks because this is the culture that you've created. And I, it is a wonderful thing. And it's not about right, wrong. It's about you guys knowing who you are and having the confidence to say, this is who we are and this is what we'll stand for. And I think it's a wonderful thing. So if I haven't shared that with you, now you... Well, that's no. terrific. Yeah, we planted him to come out and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Spent the night out but there. But you know what? It's, it's, you know, it's a, it, that's interesting because I've had the... I have been in a, in a, in a hurry before. Uh-huh. Not at the office, but <laughs> elsewhere where uh-huh. a, a team member came through the parking lot somewhere and I was not <laughs> oh, I back in it. and it's funny when I walked out and saw I immediately knew you know that goes back to 
you know, walking the walk, right? Yeah. And, uh, he didn't actually say anything, but he kind of gave me that look and hands out looking at my vehicle. And I was like, <laughs> busted, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think I've ever not backed in again. In fact, I backed in in the parking lot today. I noticed I that. I thought that the, was interesting. That was interesting. <laughs> I will not uh, uh, do that otherwise. But you know what? That's a, that's a good point. I think when you're talking about culture in general, you know, there's a lot of societal pressure to not live up to to standards and and, yeah. and not to have what you know, not to sound too old school, but these some of these traditional values and standards that we still try to to hold true and live by, and 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 so when we we do there's a there's a uh, maybe a little harder I don't know harder is the right word, but a little uh, there's a battle with some new team members that uh, that that struggle sometimes to to get acclimated to our culture because of their background or what they're seeing in the news every day yeah. and what they're experiencing. And it can be a shock when somebody comes out and talks to them about their clothes or their what they're wearing or how they're acting or, or back back in, you know, because safety is one of our 20 core values, right? And, and, and staying safe and getting home. When everybody get home at night, right? The most important thing is to get back home to your family. not uh, And so that's an example of that. And in, in, in especially with these big trucks and stuff, we're, we're, we're driving around, um, backing in. And it's when you leave is why it's so much more safe, right? Well, I, th- I think standing up for values, it, it causes a need to have real conversations. It causes a need to have the tough conversation. But then within that, you're kind of testing. You know, I know a number of things you guys have done. You've tried to do something, hasn't worked. So you course correct it, adjust it, course correct it, adjust it. And over time, you get it where it's the right thing for y'all, makes a difference in the marketplace, and it's also sustainable. And so I think that persistence you've shown is uh, very good. A lot of companies will try something and just quit. They stop. A lot won't keep going at it. You guys have done a wonderful job on that. And you and I just talked about some behaviors kind of proving that. So I kind of cut you off when you were talking about describing kind of the culture getting to that point. One is the self-policing you mentioned, which is great. Anything else on that that kind of is a good sign that, you know, if one of our listeners says, hey, I've got 150, 350, 1,000 employees, but there's signals where you say, hey, I think we've gotten to this point besides the self-policing. You know, you've got to, um, you've got to articulate the culture constantly mm-hmm. on, and, and clearly not to where as a leader not to where you understand it but where they can understand it right or, or, or your how do you know they understand it though what's the evidence or proof because because I, I hear you talking but how do you know that i get it and i'm believing you and in the game with you with that same vision that same set of values yeah you have to observe what's going on and um like in our world you know, I can't sit in my office with the door closed and, and my head in the sand just hoping that, hey, we've let out these core values and it's great and everybody's going to follow them uh, no matter what. You have to get out and ask questions and observe, go to job sites, listen to the phone calls, what is going on out there, and, and, and then train and coach your teams, verify what's going on, and reinforce it. So without that, you, you, can't, you can't verify what, you know, what's going on. So you have to be willing to get down in the weeds and observe and if you're witnessing you know those behaviors that are in line with your with your core values and the culture you're trying to mold uh, that's ultimately uh, and you see it consistently that's ultimately i think the gauge on whether what you're doing is 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 taking hold and the and the teams are believing in that so it's those y'all that have listened to the other podcasts we always have a number of interesting characters in these things and so one of them is craig who's with us but he's been sitting in a corner i don't know if he's sleeping or nodding (laughs) off But as Stephen was talking, Craig, I know you've had prior experience and without using names to uh, protect the guilty, just what's been some of your experience with behaviors, cultures? Because you were telling me something the other day. So I've had some uh, interesting experience over the past uh, 
few years with different cultures, I've actually had the opportunity to be part of two very large cultures, both in the retail industry. I will not get into names due to lawsuit uh, regulation issues I want to avoid, but um, I do want to talk about the, the one company that I was um, that was most attached to. I was there for about five years, and they by far had the strongest culture of anything I've ever seen in my life. They had their core values plastered all over everything. The first week you were there, you got 40 hours of training and about uh, probably about 15 of those hours were spent specifically on the core values, the culture, the mission, and everything that ties into the uh, the overall vision of the company to really, at the beginning, get your eyes and focus on where they wanna go and then actually jump you into the physical training. That sounds powerful. It was, it was really, really great. And the more interesting part for me was the fact that because I was part of one store in a large network of stores, the culture was across the board. But unfortunately, in the situation I was in, we didn't have, like Stephen was talking about, the leaders walking the walk and and talking the talk and over a series of about seven or eight years a culture just slowly slowly just kind of if you're in a plane I'm picturing it just kind of dropping altitude every 150 feet just falling 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 over time and um, it wasn't necessarily because the people didn't believe the same things but the the leaders became less motivated and end up leaving the company so and what happened to the airplane um, the airplane is currently scraping on the ground somewhere <laughs> over Ohio at the moment okay. but um, unfortunately um, it was really sad to see but it's also encouraging because because I know that culture is strong and the whole ideology behind it because I look at the other stores that are in the market and in the in the, uh, in the rest of the United States as well and they still, I see videos posted of them cheering and living the core values and having the t-shirts and the mugs and the coffee cups and uh, really staying focused and true to what the original vision of the company was. So is it accurate to say that they've still got the outer exterior surface that looks like strong values culture but it's kind of rotted away from within? Because, I mean, from a practical point of view, I think they crashed and burned with you. They didn't keep you. Very much agreed. So one other issue that tied into it was the fact that they went public and now their majority shareholder is a bank. And obviously a bank's uh, best interest is not in growing and cultivating people, it's growing and cultivating their bank accounts and, and generating revenue. So making sure that you make wise long-term choices with your company as well to sustain the original ideology of your company, I think is very important as well. So it sounds like the sickness started with the leaders, so to speak, and that's what led to the surface, but we've lost the internal real truth. It slowly of trickled down over a long period of time. That's absolutely correct. A cautionary tale. So thank you for that. Mm. What about some of the tools? You know, we've we've talked about a lot of different things and I, I don't want to get too tactical, but you know, there's a lot of obstacles to creating culture. What are some of the tools to this? What have you used that's worked? Are there any you think you want to try down the road? Are, are there any you'd say, hey, don't use these tools. They're dangerous. They'll cut you. Well, it goes back to articulating and communicating, right? You got to communicate, 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 and you got to live live the core values. So for us, um, a few things that we do that are very intentional is company newsletter. That's when I say company newsletter, we do have a customer newsletter, but I'm talking about a company internal newsletter that we actually do. We don't, we don't just, we literally send it to our, our uh, team members' homes. So we want their whole family to see it and, and we oh that's cool and we show it you know it's got examples of what we're doing in the community and and how we are trying to live the culture and and, and breathe the culture more consistently on a weekly basis is you know like with my teams I'm doing weekly huddles and, and so very specific questions about what we are doing what we're trying to accomplish how can I help you know my team leaders with what they're trying to accomplish every week and that's a very intentional and short interaction right we we get I think I have a tendency to sometimes get in these longer interactions and meetings that 
that, that, that drag on and, and you lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish. So these are 15-minute weekly huddles that are focused on both cultural and production and customer interactions. Um, then, you know, we mentioned this earlier, but then you got to get out and interact with your teams. You know, I have a thing on my uh, weekly success checklist that I, that I manage personally is uh, what I call it the GSM walkabout. So I'm walking and intentionally listening and asking questions, talking to the teams about, you know, what's going on. And it's really, I guess, it, that can evolve into the drive about for me as well because I'm going out to job sites and, and nice. talking to customers and talking to our field teams. And I'm sitting in on my team leaders' meetings that they're having with their field teams or the sales team. And so it's just uh, being intentional about that interaction action and consistently how meetings are ran. And just, I think I mentioned this earlier, but one thing we try to do every single meeting is, is the very first thing is I get somebody to talk about a core value and what it means to them. Nice. And that just keeps those core values top of mind. And typically that leads into an example for that core value, whether it's an interaction with an, uh, a coworker or a customer or you know, even sometimes like safety will lead to something they saw or something they're on their personal life, on their driving or something. Uh, well, let me ask you about one of them use. real quick. In your big training room, I, you can fit, what, 150, 200 people in there? There's a board you've got that's got, what, the green sheets? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Just talk briefly about that because I think that's something that's cool. I, I don't know if you use that a lot, a little, or... You know, we probably don't use that uh, as much as we should, but yeah, the, the, we've got these, what we call wow moment sheets, and, and so it's it's um, an opportunity for coworkers to point out something that they, positive behavior or a positive interaction, or something they witnessed from a, another team member. Uh, I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the most, our most recent cultural culture initiative with our 30-day culture challenge that we just recently did, and uh, that really uh, created a lot of interaction that without that we would not have had between team members, and it was it was basically um, you know a way for our our teams to give shout outs and and highlight the positives and some uh, motivational and inspirational daily whether it's a video or a or a um uh, some quote or something that that helped us stay focused on our on our culture and what we're trying to accomplish and 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 yeah with the help of Don we were able to and, and Craig it. here we were able to implement that and have a huge impact and we're, we're looking forward to the to the next one it's almost like a gamification Facebook for a company alone absolutely that's a great way to describe plus it. plus bottom up it's one thing you don't have to walk around you just got the stuff going I hope next time we get even more pictures on there though of jobs or whatever absolutely, people are working yep. on so what about personally some of the tools because I know you've been through quite a journey personally. I don't know if you want to share a little bit of that or not, but what are some of the tools personally of where you were at and where you've come from? Well, for me personally, there's, I think I mentioned earlier that, you know, you have to, I believe that you have to get your, your own house in order before you can go out and, and, and try to spur or motivate your, your the people you interact, you interact with to be better. So we have a learning library that I personally uh, maintain. And so I'm always offering or asking our team members, uh, you want a book? Uh, there are topics that you want to learn more about, and that has been uh, relatively successful, I think, on you know getting our team members exposed to other things. I mean, the last yeah eight to ten years for me personally, I've done a lot of, of, of reading, probably more reading the last eight to ten years in my previous forty years total. <laughs> and, and so I think that that's important to to give those opportunities. Of course, it's, I, I use books as an example because that's my personal thing. But gosh, there's so many ways to learn, whether it's a podcast or or YouTube or or because everybody learns differently. But giving giving our teams 
person's access to that type of information and tools is a good one. And then, try, and then of course, getting feedback, right? We want to get some feedback on what they just read or what they just watched or what they uh, what did they get out of it. Reading for the sake of reading, is there's no there's no point uh, in, in that. I mentioned earlier a, a, a good one that I do personally when I'm leading meetings is, of course, talk about our core values to, at the beginning of each meeting and, and how that relates to something we might have um, going on day to day. And then a tough one is probably your interactions with your team members and customers and asking questions beforehand about what, what, whatever you're getting ready to do, the decision you're getting ready to make, does that line up with your core values? You know. Oh, I love that question. I, I'll have to admit that you know, on occasion I'll find myself going, God, that dang core values. <laughs> you know, um, Because it does put you in a position at times where it can kind of jerk you back into place on is this really living up to the core values what I'm getting ready to do? Nice, you know? nice. And and so whether it's uh, interaction with a customer, getting ready to go to an evaluation with a with a team member, something you're getting ready to implement, trying to make a decision, you know, you got that pressure between what, how much something costs versus what it's going to do to a customer or a, a job or whatever. And, you know, we think you, you answer that in the affirmative that the core values are good, um, then in the long term, you know, it's going to be the right decision. Uh, but sometimes that gets in the way of the short term. Should I have another beer? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Stephen, right. could I point out one of the ways that your culture has actually impacted me personally, and I'm not even a part of the GSM team, is... Um, yes, I don't, you are. You're just at a there distance. You there you go. I like, I'm part of the family. Part You're of the family, of- not the team. But you do something very unique I've never seen before. On your cell phone and in your emails, you every week have a new quote or new inspirational learning piece that you add in there. So if you've been getting some calls of people that just hang up right away, it's me trying to get your voicemail to try to hear what the new one is for the week. But could you share a little bit about the thought process behind that? I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate that, Craig. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know how many years ago it's been since I started doing that. I know it's been several. And I think I just got I maybe frustrated with what I kept seeing on social media and that there's just the negativity and the con- not conflict maybe, but just um, I, I just decided I wanted to do something about it. And uh, many years ago, I was reading a book and I think it was about Charlie Tremendous Jones, I think is is who it was. And uh, one of my personal mentors, a guy named Mark Madison, who I know personally has read many of his books, that's something that he did. And so I just decided to incorporate that. I wish it was uh, my own personal thing, that I, but I stole it from somebody, right? So like, like many positive things that we do. And so I do. Every week I change that on my email signature, on my voicemails, put something out. I put it out on social media platforms and just whether it's, you know, it's a topic on leadership or I think this week's was happened to be on love because this was an anniversary. Of, a, of, of an emotional event for my family. And, and so, so I, I appreciate you saying that because that is something that I am intentional about and, and try to uh, put out there. And I do, I get a lot of comments, especially from the first time maybe somebody has called me and, and left a voicemail on my phone or whether it's my cell phone or the office phone. And the, the voicemail is very often, man, I love that uh, message that you, that I just heard. So I appreciate that. And then they'll go into their, whatever they're wanting to talk to me about. But it's just a way for me to intentionally try to, to I don't know, Turn the turn it a little bit differently on some of the other things that we're bombarded with on a on a daily basis. You don't need to move mountains to impact the culture. One of the things you mentioned reading book, but also asking, hey, what did they got a reading it or whatever the event was. But there's also I know that you use the concept of train, verify, reinforce. It sounds like that's kind of related to that. And I know you and I have talked about fake training versus real training. So I don't know if that's a well. I think um, you know when we're, we we 
do something for a very long period of time, like um, like us, you know, you you and I, Don, or or we're in our companies and we know so much about it. We I think we typically underestimate what's required to say change a culture or train mm-hmm. somebody on something. We think it looks easy because yeah, we've done it. That's so right. Much. I mean, I told you, you know, once, how could you possibly not get it, right? Well, that's just not the reality. So, yeah, that concept that we call the, you know, train coach and then verify and reinforce is is what is required to mold a culture, to get somebody's behavior to change, to get somebody to learn a specific topic. You know, we're in a technical business, so that's part of it on the technical side, which this applies to, but I think it's even more on the behavior and cultural side where you think you've got it down, and guess what? You have to do it again. You have to verify. You have to do it again. You have to verify. You have to do it again. It really never ends. The point is, let's see some progress, right? You got to see some progress. For me, having a sense of accomplishment is, is something that really is important to me from week to week. I'm never going to say, oh man, we've made it and we're the best and we're the greatest. But if you can see some progress every day and every week, and that's what's required. And if you think you have done it enough, guess what? <laughs> you need to do it some more. So yeah, that is a concept that is just a human nature concept and then we we just have to you have to keep at it it also sounds like for someone to help you build a culture where thank god it's monday part of that is getting the right raw material where they like learning they like challenge they look forward to it because then it becomes more about a game and improvement progress they can feel the wind in their hair kind of thing the challenges or difficulties become less critical because they're willing to take that risk to learn to become better yeah there's no question that everything we do is about ultimately it's about the people and the right people on the right place on the bus, so to speak. Culturally, we are looking for people who are willing to learn, have the right attitude, are open-minded. We believe that we can train and reinforce all that technical skills that we need, but you, but we have found it's very difficult to convert somebody to a culture when they're not open-minded, when they're not willing to learn, when they're not willing to listen and, and, and understand. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but it's, it's ultimately about the right people understanding the culture and willing to accept acclimate themselves into that culture, so to speak. So if you had somebody that was brand new business, a 25-year-old business owner, or maybe a second generation taken over for first generation, or maybe somebody in their 60s that's starting a business for the first time, what are maybe two or three pieces of advice you would give them, something tangible they can do to kind of begin to work towards a culture of, thank God it's Monday? Can we go back when I was 25 and do this? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I'll yeah, go so, with you. So when I was 25, I can assure you I had no vision about much of anything. So I would, I would, if somebody is willing and capable, can you really sit down and, especially if you're a business owner, and what does that vision, what is your vision for the company or the organization now? What is it in next year? What is it in five years? What is it in 10 years? Now, knowing that things change so fast that, you know, the five-year plan in three years may be completely kaput. <laughs> but if you can do that and write that down and then work daily to that vision. Uh, we mentioned this before, but specifically for long-term vision, that's another great question to ask is the decision, the action that I'm getting ready to take, is it taking me closer to that vision or is it taking me away from that vision? And if you're the vision that you wrote two years ago and you wrote it down and you believe that you're going to get there and want to get there no matter what, then if the answer to that question is no, then you need to do something else. Because I, I, I wish I had done that when I was 25. I mean, that was even before I got married. So man, you talk about a clueless uh, individual. <laughs> who 
just starting out in the business world too. So then you've got to, you have to take that vision if you can, and you have to clearly, we've talked about this, but clearly articulate it to your teams. If you can articulate that vision, you know, most leaders, most owners have a vision, but very few can articulate that clearly to where they understand it and can go implement it day to day. It's for some reason, man, we can come up with all these great ideas and these visions and we can, man, we want to do all these things. And then what do we do with it? Because you you know, if I haven't learned anything in the last 25 years, it's I cannot go do this on my own. I mean, it would be great, but that, that's an impossibility if you want to affect and impact as many people as possible. And so articulating that vision and getting the right people on the bus and, and culturally the right people on the bus. The world that we live in, boy, we love to put the next warm body on the bus because we're busy and uh, unemployment's low. And let's, 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 we got, we're it so busy. It feels like it's doing some good. Yes. But. Yes. But the collateral damage from hiring the wrong, the wrong individuals can reverberate for a long time and, and, and can really cause a hit to that culture that you're trying to create. So uh, getting the right people on the bus is super critical and, and understanding what that vision is and doing everything you can every single day, no matter what, to try to, to move toward that vision and understanding what that, that long-term vision is. So as I listen to you, I mean, I, gosh, I'd love to have a job with you. If, if somebody's listening to the podcast or wants someone else to get a job with you, what do they need to do? How, who should they contact? What's kind of the path for them to kind of get to know y'all and see if there's a good match possibly for them looking forward to going to work on Monday? Well, you know, we have a great, we have a great rep website that I have nothing to do with. That's why it's great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's GSM since 1927.com, and we have a, a, a terrific young lady named Donna Kasky, who is our recruitment director, and uh, she can be reached at um, 704-874-1680, and she has a direct email that uh, we utilize for recruitment called Join Our Team. That's Join Our Team at GSM since 1927.com, and, and that can get you on the path to see what we have available and you know, whether we are believe we are currently fully staffed or not, which we are not of our, our luck with growth, we were always looking to add, you know, high quality people who we believe are going to fit in our culture and, and want to learn and have the, the opportunity to, to, to be more uh, in the future. By the way, if, if uh, there's somebody listening out there that has a young daughter, young son that doesn't have a career path yet, it, would you take somebody on that has no training? You still doing that? You mentioned the guy that right out of high school, you still doing that? Absolutely. Um, okay. Actually, we, we completely changed our outlook within the last probably eight to 10, 12 years ago. And we, we actually prefer that. We prefer to take the young, strong uh, individual who has little or no experience and, and, and give us the opportunity to mold that person both uh, culturally and, and technically or from a skill set that we can uh, mold into, you know, what we think would be the best version for, for both themselves and for, for the company. So for any parents out there, FYI, a great tool, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> So thank you very much, Stephen. I appreciate everything you've done in my life over the years. I've learned a heck of a lot from you. Look forward to where we're going in the future, what we're going to do with it. Any last words, last piece of advice you would leave for the audience? You know, I think uh, we live in a world where there's so much information out there. And, and thanks to people like Don and Craig and my, and, uh, you know, my both business and personal life, I've learned just keep learning. There's, there's uh, keep trying to be a better version of yourself. And if when, when you do that, 
that ultimately the goal is to help others be the best versions of, of themselves and that's one reason we have a relationship with uh, Don and Craig and that's what we're trying to do and again that would be I guess the just just keep trying to accelerate a little bit every day. Thank you very much. As a thank you to our listeners we want to extend an open invitation for a free copy of our business health assessment. You can get a copy of this by going to our website at appliedvisionworks.com or sending an email to Craig at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com. Actually you know what Don I'm going to up the ante. If you email me that completed assessment I'll personally have a 30 minute phone call to talk about the results and some possible blind spots in your business. There's an old Russian proverb trust but verify and I would love to be your second set of eyes. You're scaring me to death. The other thing I would like to tell you about we've started the registration for our Making a Difference program and the Making a Difference program isn't just for businesses or people in business but it's also for individuals. About 30 years ago I had a good friend of mine I got locked up for about a week. By the way when I got locked up it was voluntary and I got a series of psychological tests psychometric tests that gave me a sense of how I think how I feel how I view the world and at the same time they taught me how the human mind and heart works and I got a great understanding of how to interact with people more effectively and I've used those tools literally my entire career and actually I've gone and gotten certified in those psychological tools so we're running a five-day program in November whether or not you're in business if you're just in your personal life you're struggling or you're rocking and rolling and you want to become even better or if you're in business whether you run a business or not if you're trying to interact build true teams of people develop your own leadership capabilities to a high level we'd love to have you join us for our five-day program if you're interested we'd be glad to get you some information email cchase c-c-h-a-s-e at appliedvisionworks.com You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination podcast, hosted by Don Hadley, owner and president of Applied Vision Works. Any questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.